0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome to The Just the West Podcast. I'm your host Just the West and ho ho ho, happy holidays. It is uh it's Saturday and uh I've had a bit of uh well, I've I've had some holidays here. I actually attended the Niners Seahawks game this past week. I hosted a tailgate there. It was lit. Shout out to Green Lot 1 and those that came to the Just the West tailgate. Um but fast forward, uh what a what a time. We are I just can't believe it. We're in the final stretch of, of football, and, um, you know, week 15 it is. Week 14 has already already been past it's Saturday. It's way way too much to recap all those games because uh, in less than 24 hours, you have week 15 in the NFC West. Uh, but what I will say uh, is, well, the Niners beat the Seahawks 20-16 since I was at that game. Uh, the Rams had a tough, tough loss to the Ravens in overtime. Uh, questionable non-call. Um, the Ravens had a game-winning putt return for the win, 37-31. to The Yep, and uh, the Cardinals were on a bye. So that was the NFC West for, for last week. So onwards to Week 15. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, as I recorded this podcast, I completely uh it didn't dawn upon me but uh it is saturday football in the nfl right now so you have i don't know the colts the Steelers, you have the Bengals, the vikings the broncos and the uh the lions uh today for, for saturday football but no nfc west game so i'm not really going to talk about it too much so onwards we go as we head into week 15 the craziest thing about when it transpired in week 14 is now you have the san francisco 49ers uh, not only leading the NFC West division with a 10 and 3 record, but with tiebreakers beating the Cowboys and the Eagles, um, now as it stands, both the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles have a 10 and 3 record uh, because the Cowboys beat the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. So lo and behold, what do you have? You have the Niners at the number one seed. It's lit, baby. It's lit. It's lit in the NFC West, and it's lit where the Niners. If they uh, if they win out the rest of the season, they have secured potentially a bye week for the playoffs, that extra week to rest and find out who their opponent is for, for the following round. But there's still plenty of football to be had, and we'll talk about it. But it's just it's just weird how. Earlier in the season, when they were on a three-game losing streak, a lot of questions about Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, and this defense. Brock Purdy, at the time, Debo Samuel was hurt, Trent Williams was hurt, and they needed that bye week to, to get things right, and as I had alluded to earlier... Uh, there was a lot of pressure on Steve Wilks to figure out, you know, what what is going on with this defense. Uh, they, they traded for Chase Young, which certainly helps. Uh, they got healthy. Now you have Trent Williams and Debo back. But since then, they have not looked back. It is crazy. They are on a five-game winning streak. Five-game winning streak, and they have officially swept the Seahawks. And now they are going onwards to the rest of the NFC West, which is going to happen tomorrow afternoon at one o five p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You have the Niners going to Arizona. And this could be a potential trap game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, originally, it opened with the Niners favored on the road at, I think it was like 13 and a half. It's tapered down to 12 points right now. But an interesting context where you have the Cardinals, who, you know, it's it's a divisional game. The Cardinals are 3-10. and 10, The Niners are 10-3. and three, But the Cardinals are well-rested and coming off a bye week. And the Niners, um, they just... Can't let this be a trap game where they get ahead of themselves for the opponent that comes on Christmas for them. Because on Christmas, on Thursday, next Thursday, they are playing the Ravens. They are hosting the Ravens, who are currently the number one seed in the AFC. And so they need to take care of business. The Niners need to take care of business. The Niners are favored by 12. The Cardinals are well-rested. I've said it a million times. All right. They're, they're well-rested, and it's a game that, uh, if you look on paper, the Niners should be able to convincingly take care of business and get out and get onwards to the next matchup at hand because they'll be playing on a short week since they are playing next Thursday after this Sunday afternoon game but uh, make no mistake the Cardinals are still going to be a tough team uh, this will be the first time that the Niners face Kyler Murray a Kyler Murray led team because last time uh, he he was you know he was on, on IR he was recovering from his torn ACL. Uh, but now Kyler Murray has played the last four games and with this extra bye week, um, you know, it could, be, uh, it could be a potential shootout for that matter. And why do I say it's going to be a shootout? Well, if you look at the Niners, their defensive line has been severely, severely compromised. Uh, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, they are ruled out for this game. Dre Greenlaw is questionable. And their cornerback, Traverius Ward, is also questionable. So these are, uh, I mean, these aren't just any players. They're like very expensive, <laughs> very expensive players, a big part of the defensive line. And obviously, Traverius Ward being their top cornerback, their start on cornerback for that matter. Um, so if all those players ca- can play, I mean, it's going to be a uh, compromised defense. It's a, it's a team that's still good, don't get me wrong, but... You're going to have big games or hopefully big games from Javon Kinlaw in the inside, Kalia Davis, defensive tackle, uh, Ambry Thomas, Lenore, maybe Isaiah, uh, is it? Isaiah Oliver steps back in at the nickelback. We'll see what happens because, uh, you know, next man up, next man up, which is why I say that this could be a potential shootout in the sense that if the Niners can't get their shit done defensively. And the Cardinals can run the football. Shout out to James Conner. Shout out to Kyler Murray, a mobile quarterback. Then, it kind of reminds me of last year, where you had the Niners on New Year's Day, played the Raiders at Vegas, and that was, you know, very similar circumstances. The the, the Raiders were perceived as the inferior team, and they were well rested, and they just gouged the Niners. They, just, they surprised the shit out of them and you had the Niners needing to kick out an extra gear offensively and they won in overtime. Uh, they won in overtime thanks to Nick Bosa at the time and then they had just a couple things their way, and they kicked a game winning field goal uh, to get out of there. So will I say, can that happen against the Cardinals? I'm just saying. It would not surprise me if this becomes a, a higher scoring affair. And from a Context perspective as well, Brock Purdy, he's been balling and he's been, um, hate him or love him, you know, he's an MVP candidate. He can argue, whether it's Cameron Newton or Peter King or some of these other pundits about his validity as a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. But uh, he's been playing some really good football on this 5-0 and win streak. And why is this particular for, for him? He's actually from Arizona, so he's going to have, well, he's going to have, I would say, his family, his childhood friends, his supporters. He's the hometown kid. I I think the last time he played at Glendale was when he won High School Player of the Year or or something like that. But for his career as the NFL quarterback, he has not played at Arizona. When he took over the reins last time around, uh, they had already played at Arizona. So this will be his homecoming at Glendale, and and that's really cool. And with that being said, it would not surprise me if, you know, with his family and friends looking on the sidelines getting tickets and supporting their boy, if Brock Purdy continued to cook, whether it's Deebo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, you know the gang. um, It could be a very high-scoring affair. And so, on the other side, too, I mean, you know, this Cardinals defense, it has not been good, um, but their offense is starting to come along, whether it's been Michael Wilson or James Conner or a couple of these other guys that have been stepping up, thanks to Kyler Murray. Um, So, we'll see. We'll see. I I hope for the Niners' sake that they don't let this game, like, um, well... I am concerned about their run defense since their defensive line has been compromised, but uh, it, it might be. And what I'm thinking is it's going to be uh, a higher scoring game because I think that, you know, for the Niners, they did a great job defending against mobile quarterbacks against Jalen Hurts a uh, couple games before. But Kyler Murray is a different sort of mobile quarterback, and he's he's small. He's he's hard to contain. Uh, they got to make sure he, he doesn't get outside the pocket. And so I'll be intrigued to see, are they going to do the same Jalen Hurts plan? Because Jalen Hurts, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's a different mobile quarterback. He's more of a, a Cam Newton quarterback versus, like, well, Kyler Murray, who's he's a pesky guy, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and for the Cardinals, too, I won't say that they're trying to lose because, no, the, the players and coaches, they, they're they playing for their jobs. They're, they're not going to try to lose and tank, even though uh, it would be better. But... You know, for the Cardinals' sake, it would probably be best if they, they did lose before the higher draft pick. Uh, they have a lot of things that are, are in need for this team, but they have a lot of good things going for them as well. I think that, and it's still er- too early to say, but I think that they've shown enough to say that, hey, Kyler Murray, we can build on Kyler Murray and keep him. So with that high draft pick, they could either... You know, they can get Marvin Harrison Jr., or they can get a tackle or a pass rusher, but they would have options if they choose not to opt in for a quarterback in the first round. Um, Or they could trade back if they do get a top pick. I don't know. Um, But at the end of the day, you want, you know, for the Cardinals' sake, you want them to have premium draft position in the top five, top three, and take it from there, Uh, whether they do keep Kyler Murray or not. Uh, it's in the best interest of the team long-term. And I know it's hard to say. It's a very old argument about, you know, would you rather win now for the team because winning culture or would you rather lose for, for the big picture? But um, this Cardinals team doesn't care. John Gannon wants to set the tone, and he, he does a pretty good job getting his boys ready to compete. They haven't been winning lately, obviously, but uh, they're always a, a tough out. Especially divisional games, you know how that how that goes. So having said that, uh I'll, I'll take the Niners on a shootout. Like I mentioned before, it's gonna be high scoring, so maybe like what, thirty one to um, thirty one to twenty one, thirty one to twenty three. Uh the spread's twelve, but uh over under forty eight and a half, I think it's gonna definitely go over. Yeah, 31-21 Niners, they get it done. They go onwards to baltimore on christmas the following week next up you have the rams who are six and seven they just lost to uh the ravens in very controversial fashion it was 37 31 they were certainly keeping up and the good thing about the rams is like this offense shout out to kyron williams shout out to matthew stafford shout out to puka cooper cup like uh, they are balling right now. <laughs> like, I, I know it doesn't seem like it since they lost last week, but offensively, like, they're they're slinging it. And not only are they slinging it, shout out to Matthew Stafford, but in the run game, I think Kyron Williams, ever since he's gotten back from from injury, he's posted, like, monster, monster stats. 100 rushing yards. Um, the ability as a receiver out the backfield. Uh, he's been arguably, outside of CMC, he's been, like, the best running back in, in football for that matter. And that's something that I did not expect going into the season. But it, it, it's true. Uh, he, he looks the part. He's got some fresh legs and maybe having him rest during uh, the four weeks when he was on an IR was a blessing for them because now they're going to get him ready to go. And with a six and seven record, they're, they're fighting. They're right in the hunt for a wild card spot in the NFC. So this is going to be a very important game where the Rams are going to be hosting the Commanders. Uh, they're favored by six and a half, over under fifty and a half. So Vegas is predicting a, a high scoring game, and I honestly I, I think it's going to happen too. The Commanders, they are. Um, it's kind of weird to say, but Sam Howell. It's a high powered offense. Terry McLaurin, like they're they're doing good things uh, offensively. Sam Howell is actually top five in quarterback passing yards, which is. You know, that's why you play the games. I did not expect that to happen. And they're probably going to be passing the ball a lot more often because their their lead back, Brian Robinson, is out for this game. So you're going to have Antonio Robinson, who's kind of a pass-catching running back anyways, and, um, you know, whoever they have on the depth chart to fill in at, at the running back position. So why can't this be a Stafford versus Hal shootout? Um and for the Rams' sake, too, not only is Puga playing well, because I don't know if y'all saw it, but did you see that catch against the Ravens? Amazing. Um, Cooper Cup is back at it. But a big shout-out to Demarcus Robinson, who came out of nowhere. He's been... you know, He was with the Chiefs. He was with the Ravens. Uh, he's He was on the practice squad. Um, but fast forward, he stepped up. He's looking like a great wide receiver three for them. I know between him and Tutu Atwell, they've been platooning the wide receiver three and four spot respectively um behind puka and, and cooper cup but my god demarcus robinson he had a touchdown last week he he looked really good he's he's a bigger receiver um you know maybe they have something in him uh and if you have cup and puka already as their starting receivers like his offense is looking good um uh, i it's really feel like the the rams they're um they're getting hot at the right time offensively. Their defense is a step behind. And that's no surprise. But if they can keep putting up points and producing at a high level, uh I think it should be a win-win for, for everyone, especially for those that are playing fantasy football and are in the playoffs and are relying on Stafford and Puka and Cup and all of them to rack up some points. Because against the Commanders, the Commanders, I think the last three, four weeks, like Pretty much ever since they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they've been... Um, yeah, their defense has not been good. I think they've been allowing like 30, 31 points per game the last four weeks. And so this defense can certainly be had. So the Rams defense, it's not that great, but the commanders are not that great either. So I can understand the 50 and a half. That's a lot of points, but both defenses uh, have some room for improvement and both offenses can, can put up points. So... This should be a fun one it should be a fun one uh, do I think the Rams are gonna cover the six and a half uh, I don't know um, I going back to the point about their defense i I don't feel too great about their defense uh, but neither are the commanders so let's let's do uh, let's do a close one something that should be fun uh give me like the Rams 30 I'll give like yeah, give them, I'll keep it back back in the 30s 35 35 31 yeah 3531 rams over the commanders a fun game, uh, a game where uh, you know both teams are going to be be passing the ball a lot. Uh, actually, you know what um, you know the Rams should have a balanced offense too because if Kyron Williams continues to run the football the way he has, sets him up for play action and they'll protect Stafford and McVeigh loves play action. McVeigh comes from the shanahan tree of offenses and so let's fucking go. Let's go Rams. If the Rams do win this, they go back to five hundred with a seven and seven record, and should have some very interesting scenarios for the the final stretch of this NFL season. Fast forward, Monday Night Football. Uh, just damn, Seahawks. As I mentioned before, they lost to the Niners, but not only did they lose to the Niners, um, it's just it's one thing to lose, but it, it's just the way they lost, and uh, you can check with. Seahawk fans and, and the 12s and, and how they're feeling about this season a lot of people are they're they're coming for like Pete Carroll's head like there's they're just saying whether it's him as head coach or seeing cult um Waldron as the offensive coordinator but they're not getting answers both on the defense the offense just the details a ton of missed tackles last week uh the reason why Seahawk fans are, are pissed off is because they uh they allowed like 500 yards. total offense to the Niners last week and you know uh, I'm I'm giving more detail because I was at the game and it was a lit game for for that matter but the first play of the game was like a 75 yard run by Christian McCaffrey and it wasn't even something that was like a cute schemed up play it was like a a regular running play um, that they took advantage of where there were just several missed tackles and you know that's not a great start to, to any game and I'm I'm sure the Seahawks, for for that matter, they they competed, but uh, when when you give up five hundred yards of offense, and I think the Niners were like eight for twelve on, on third down, like you're not going to win many football games, and you you can go back to like the Seahawks, they put up like thirty five points against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys scored like thirty eight points, for example, like just not good football. The, this offense is, uh, you know, they they're doing good. But they're also turning the ball over at times too. Uh, Whether well, it's Benjino Smith, Drew Lock at the start last week, um, but just just altogether, all uh, they're uh, uh, they're waiting right now, and it doesn't get any easier because on Monday Night Football they're hosting the Eagles, who are pissed off. They lost to the Niners, they lost to the Cowboys, and you know they've been getting. They go from the number one seed in the NFC to like the five seed right now, where they're. They had to win outright to, to win the division. And so, like, Jalen Hurts, he hasn't been 100% healthy. I know that. Uh, but this team now, it, it's pressing. It's pressing. Their defense has been giving up a ton of big plays. And, you know, I'd say the perfect recipe for them is to go back on Monday Night Football. And, you know, to to their credit, they, they want to beat the out of the Seahawks because the Seahawks' defense has not been good. And between Devontae Smith and A.G. Brown, them boys, um, Jalen Hurts, like, they're – I, I i'm pretty sure that they're gonna be pissed off and they're gonna be playing um with a lot of conviction on monday night football while the seahawks are hosting and while it's really hard to, to play at the link um i don't know man um the seahawks team is also um, both teams for that matter i won't say they're desperate but you can feel it. This the, the Seahawks are on a three-game losing streak. The Eagles are on a two-game losing streak. And both teams, like, it, it, they're, they're must-win games for both teams, which makes it really fun, really fun and interesting. Uh, this game actually was not supposed to be a, a uh, primetime game, but it got flexed in, and I can I can see why. It's Battle of the Birds. For Seattle's sake, defensively, Jamal Adams, like, coverage-wise, their pass rush... Uh, ever since Abouso got hurt, like I don't know, man, they, they they've been they've been off. Like they're on the bottom tier of defenses in this league. They got to get their shit on track. Um, and it's going to be really hard against this Eagles offensive line, who are one of the top offensive lines in in football. And you know they're going to have their work cut out for them defending a similar mobile quarterback. He's not Geno Smith, but he's Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is going to do Jalen Hurts things. He's coming off a really bad game. Um, he's been playing for some pretty tough tough games, actually, Cowboys, Niners, but um, I'll be intrigued to see how the Seahawks' defense responds because, you know, pride, their jobs. Like, they've been playing some really bad football defensively. Their tape has not been good. Uh, on the other side, too, for for the Eagles, like, you know, I I saw this stat from Bleacher Report. That's that's pretty crazy. The Eagles have not beaten the Seahawks in 15 years. I was like, what the fuck? Like, like seriously? I I know the Seahawks and the Eagles don't always play each other, anyways. They're in different different divisions and whatnot. But they they said like the Seahawks have not, or I'm sorry, for the Eagles, they have not beaten the Seahawks in in 15 years. And so, if you are a believer in the numbers and trends. And put all your money in, put your all your chips on the Seahawks because that's that's a long time. Um, but from a football perspective, un- unless uh, unless Geno Smith can can cook, uh, and he certainly can, because this Eagles defense has not been good. The secondary, uh, Darius Slay, Bradbury, like they've been giving up a ton of explosive plays. And between Metcalf and Lockett, they can certainly do it. Uh, but uh, the, the Eagles, this is a must win for them just as much as it is for the Seahawks. And, you know, overall, the, well, the Eagles have been getting their asses handed the last couple of weeks. They, they are a better team. Like, no kidding. They were just the number one seed, like, for the majority of the season up until the last couple of weeks. And so uh, I think that the, the Eagles probably take care of business. You have the Eagles that are favored uh, on the road uh minus three so it just shows how close and how how much win it is for for both teams because as we all know the rule of thumb is you know if both teams are equal you give the home team three points and so with the eagles minus three that means they feel that the eagles are six points better than than the seahawks um yeah eagles minus three over under 47 and a half Do I think it's going to be a shootout like the Rams and Niners, not like I've been predicting, all pod? Possibly. Um, Both defenses can be had. I think that this Eagles defensive line, while it's it's been struggling lately, I think they get their shit back together. Um, So if the Seahawks lose, that would put it to a four-game losing streak, which shows that they have... um, They were... For one week, they were first in the NFC West, and now coming off a potential four game losing streak, like that would be a horrible way just to just the end of the season. And we can talk further about that, about Pete Carroll and uh, his legacy and what they do moving forward, but that's another conversation for another time. Go ahead and give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles 27 um, 20 over the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks today can certainly surprise. Because, you know, playing at the link is always tough. But I just uh, I just feel that the Seahawks team, the players, the, sta- the staff, like something needs to be, uh, they need to find themselves. And they certainly can. But until they do, I, I just can't put my just the West blessing on the Seahawks to win this game. So Eagles 27, Seahawks 20, put it on the board. We out here. Okay, so thank you so much for checking out the pod, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music or Google or Amazon or wherever you get the pod at. Um, Twitter, at Just the West. Shoot, I always say it. X, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just the West. And, of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Peace.